Newcastle Fans TV. Morning show here on Newcastle Fans TV. We are going to be talking all things Raoul Cooley once again. However, there's a good reason for this, Sam. Do we he have came to? Out with an out- <laughs> he came out with an outrageous statement towards the start of the season. And me and you both laughed. However, he wasn't a million miles off it, was he, Sam? Well, no, he was absolutely spot on. There was no two ways about it. No, As a stand-up media life, he was going to be absolutely unbearable. So, yeah, it's it's one of them where you're back, honey. Don't panic. You're back. Don't worry. Good. I can Good. see you. Good. See, we've got new we've got new uh, we've got new systems, folks. This is the behind the stuff things you don't get to see or listen to normally. But we've got new technology and it's working well, which is why this podcast has been what it has been the last couple of weeks. But hey ho, um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this in one way, and I'm really not looking forward to it in another way because um, Raúl will be giving it the big one, and. Um, I, I'm sure he's going to be un, unbearable, but I'm glad in a way because obviously his prediction was that we were going to be playing Champions League football next season, and we are. So uh, life is good. Life is very, very good. And Champions League mugs. Champions League mugs, Sam. Can you believe it? No. Uh, well, yes, I can, but no, I can't at the same time. I mean, at the start of the season, the logical folk amongst us wanted top 10, maybe top 8, and a cup run, a cup run, nice little cup run. We've got Champions League and, you know, a day at Wembley from the first full season post-takeover, which is absolutely incredible. It really is, obviously. Now, uh, just for next season, which we'll, we'll come on to, but for now, it's just about enjoying um, what a fantastic season it's been. Yeah, certainly, you're certainly right in regards to in regards to that. God knows what the summer's going to be like. God knows what next season's going to be like. And fair play to Raúl. He said Newcastle will finish third. He's either going to be right or slightly wrong. He's either going to be we're either going to be third or fourth in the Premier League table as we record, um, because of obviously Manchester United having that game in hand against Chelsea, and then obviously the two that we play, we go to Chelsea. Manchester United play Fulham at home on Sunday, but regardless if we finish third or fourth, Sam, it's been an incredible season. Have you, Rabble, have you Rabble heard the... Um, yeah, and Chelsea fans have, have done uh, a song for um, Raul. Have you heard it? I have. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it goes like this. <clears throat> Chelsea, 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 Chelsea. And, Johnny, I don't know if you know... Um, Chelsea fans actually did a song about us Newcastle fans reaching top four. Have you heard that one? No, I've not heard that one either. Oh, do you want me to do it? Please. Okay. It goes like this. (coughs) Chelsea, 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 Chelsea. I love it. I love it. I think it's brilliant. Really, really imaginative. Um, in all seriousness, though, have you heard one? They've done a. Have you heard one? Um, have you heard the one they've done about Bowley, their owner? No, actually, I haven't listened. No, no. Okay, I'll do it for you now. Ready? Cheers. Chelsea, 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 
Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the trip down to London uh, on Sunday. Whether Lee or Sam will be there, you'll have to find out on Newcastle Fans TV. Because they don't know yet. <laughs> it's simple as that. Well, um, Lee does, doesn't he? Lee knows. We don't know. I don't know. You might know. I don't know. Um, but anyway, um, well, we'll, 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 we'll be speaking to Raul about all things Newcastle now, a little bit about his uh, continued comedy career, the three C's, because he has been very, very busy. He's uh, been doing some fantastic stuff. His agent's stuff. been working overtime. Yeah, just a little bit. And there is a, uh, a show that he has in Newcastle on the stand for raising money for, I believe it's in cooperation with Bruno's Magic Hat, if you uh, remember that. Uh, where we did the charity game, which was a, f- a previous episode of the podcast, and where we raised money for the food for food banks, which Raul's a big part of with uh, this gig. Which so we highly recommend that you buy a ticket, follow the stand. We'll try. We'll get the. We'll put the link in the uh, in the description of the YouTube video as well, so everyone can try and buy a ticket for that event. But Sam, have, has there been for you a standout moment of the season? No. Because there's been so many. We'll we'll talk about this like we've rolled during the, the the main show, like but like there's just been so many. The so many were you there games and you you just can't. It's impossible to pick one. Yeah, it's like we've not had a season like it so long. I mean, like when Bobby we were finishing, um, we were finishing in the in the in the top four under Sir Bobby. I mean. We didn't have a League Cup run or an FA Cup run under Sabah when we were finishing third and fourth. So to do what we've done so soon as well is absolutely out of this world. So there's not been one specific moment. No, you, you just it's impossible to pick. Yeah, amazing season. Absolutely amazing season. So we'll have to talk to Raul about it because it'll just put a smile on my face and put a smile on Sam's face and put a smile on Raul's face and put a smile on every listener's face for this podcast. So, without any more deliberation, let's get this podcast up and running. This is the Greenman and Milner Show and it is with Raul Coley. The Greenwood and Milner Show on Newcastle Fans TV. Hello and welcome to the Greenman and Milner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Me and Sam are joined by a man. Some would call him the voice of reason. Some would call him the wise one. Some would call him the prophet. Someone would call him absolutely fucking bonkers after that prediction at the start of the season. However, Mr. Ronald Cooley is here to talk all things Newcastle United potentially finishing where he said he we, we would finish third in the Premier League. It might even happen with one game to go. So, Raul, welcome to the show. You must be feeling very, very wise, my friend. <laughs> I am I am feeling pretty smug right about now, even though I don't think in a week's time we might finish third. I think, because Man United have two games, don't they? They've got a game in hand. And I believe yeah. we may actually finish... Well, they could get a draw. They've got what? Who's it? They got Brighton and and just like that, even even even. Oh, back! He's back. I thought you'd. I thought you'd just had a change of heart and thought. Do you know what? I'm not going to give it large. I'm not going to. 
you know, tear them to shreds for laughing at your prediction. But you've, <laughs> you've, you've, you've come back. Well, yeah, we, we, we may not finish third, but I, I think, you know, I can't really blame you, to be honest. I think I was, what, the only person who said we'd finish third? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, no one else We all thought, thought you were stupid. I'm just, you know... I honestly think most people were probably held back by the fact that they didn't want to be perceived as Geordies who expect top four. I think a lot of people were held back by that, but I think I've gone over it a lot and I've thought, you know what? Comedians see th- certain things, feel certain vibes, but I actually just think, you know, the only thing I did was I looked at the table under Eddie Howe and went, he won't do any worse than he's already done. And that table, as it was last year, it was third. And I think that spells a lot of excitement for what happens next year. Because he is not a man who does marginally any worse than he's already done. So next season, I think we're winning the Premier League, the Champions League, the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, and the Saudi Arabian Trophy. We'll win a quintuple. That's what will happen next season. Which, of course, was, was this year's moment of the season, wasn't it? That, uh, that trophy left Saudi. Jacob Murphy lifting that trophy, that was the making of him. That was when I realised that that man was going to be integral to this season. And I, and I genuinely thought he would be. I bet you guys would have laughed at me if I said that as well in the last podcast. He, he, I, I yes. certainly would have. I, yeah, I certainly would have agreed with that. But I, I just think it just. I think Jacob Murphy is probably one of the reasons why we finished in the top four in a weird way because. He's just shown the passion and desire, and his actual performances have improved dramatically. Twelve months, eighteen months, twenty-four months ago, when it wasn't going well, it just seems to be a collective. But it seems to be the drive and the hunger, role from the players that actually want to play for Newcastle. As if they want to play for Newcastle in the nineteenth in the league or thirdly, they just want to play for Newcastle because it means that much to them. That must just. As a fan, and I'm sure you can appreciate this as well, Raul, it's just amazing to watch and to see how that's just flourished. It's crazy. I can't remember seeing it. For it. Now, I don't even think like I remember it under the the sort of Bobby era, there definitely were some players who perhaps maybe didn't necessarily want to be here. I think it's the first time in my lifetime since maybe the Keane era, but I don't have many actual vivid memories from then. Where, yeah, people, the, every single player wants to put on the shirt. Every single player looks as annoyed or as upset when we lose as the fans do. Like, everybody seems desperate and everybody seems pretty upset when they're not starting. What's uh, happened to Johnny? Has he gone? He's just had enough of you. She's had enough of us. I wasn't even that in your face. I wasn't even that arrogant about it. Calm down. I know. You've been very, very, very humble, but he'll he'll come back. It's just North Shields Wi-Fi. <laughs> like that. See? See? He just needed a break from you. He's, he's like, when you're around, he's, like, he's all right, that Raoul, but Jesus, small dough. <laughs> uh, no, you are right, though. The North East doesn't deserve my eyes. You don't deserve my prophecies, my visions. I'm a dreamer. <laughs> You've already made them. And I got this one. For next season. I got this one spot on, but um, I think Jacob Murphy is a sort of symbol of 
of uh, how together the team was, how the team sort of synchronised with the fans. I finally, for once, like every member of the team, regardless of where they're from, sort of understood what sort of makes the fans tick. Did you see Alan Shearer's letter to Eddie Howe? Oh, it was yeah. amazing. Absolutely it was amazing, amazing, wasn't it? About how we're perennially isolated as a people, uh, but all we really wanted was was a team that was hard working and, and thankful. He's thankful that the, the bars are back with buzz, they're back with chatter. The whole city sent us back, and he's thankful that Eddie proved we don't we don't necessarily dislike outsiders or southerners, uh, and I think that's very prevalent or obvious with with your presence, Sam. Clearly. But it, it is it is it is this long-standing sort of nonsense, isn't it? That um, you know, northeast folk don't like outsiders, don't like southerners, you know, and it is complete and utter bullcrap. It's it's written by they people expect- who don't know the city, don't know the club. They're they're watching us for like what ninety minutes for the first time in like seven eight weeks or something, and they have to say something. On camera, they have to give a narrative. They have to tell a story, and so they just jump to the conclusion because we're not like an Ashley or Dennis Wise that we don't like Southerners. And what people forget particularly is that when Ashley first came to the club, he was welcomed with open arms until we realised he was dodgy yep. as you like. Yeah, he was welcomed with open arms, welcomed in the big market. Was drinking and dancing with everyone. Was in the awareness. It was only when he sacked Keegan we built a long relationship with who also I mean he's from Doncaster yes but that's still south of Newcastle isn't it was an outsider but it was only when he betrayed him and when he came out and he said you can't trust this man that we started seeing for the snake oil salesman that he was very much so very much so but let's not let's not dwell on on the uh, on on the on the dirty past because well I, I say that I made a bit of a reference when it was official that um, we had qualified for the Champions League that our, our previous manager said it's about the accumulation of points so when did you first think after you've made that wacky prediction at the start it of wasn't the season, wacky you... how dare you well it well no it's not wacky now is it but like when it did you come to realize your that... logic and rationale that's the thing I won't rub it in your face, but I won't have it that I, I just pulled something out of the hat. My prediction was based solely on my understanding of the tune, my understanding of Eddie Howe, my understanding of logic. We finished third in the form table. We're going to have a better team. We did have a better team. I, that, I placed a bit on it. That was fully football logic. Did you? Did you have a, did you have a few quid on top four finish? I did, I did. I did bet it a little bit after the podcast, though, not before. Uh, okay, well, at least you backed I didn't it have up. The time to put it on. One of my mates put it on before, and he got ten to one. I put it on, and I got about three to one. Still, you were right. You were right. Absolutely. But was there was there a certain game during the season where you think, "Hang on, this this is actually going to prove me right"? Not by about you know we never lost. We never left the top four, did we? Was it briefly we left the top four? Yeah, but like when we did, we had game in hand. Yeah, exactly that. You know what I mean? We had games in hand when we left the top four. So from like 
October, November, I thought this is coming in. I never wavered once. Um, in terms of completing it, I did get a little bit squeaky bum time during the Norwich game. No, no, the Norwich, Norwich game. Leicester, Leicester game during the Leicester game when I was sat right in the Leeser stand and when we dominated because mm. we do have that history as like nearly men, don't we? We nearly won the Carabao Cup. We've nearly won the Premier League twice. We've nearly won the FA Cup in the 90s twice. And so when we got to that like final 10, 15 minutes and we dominated the game, but not quite scored. And then Pope pretty much parried it off the line. I thought they could nick it here. And if they do nick it here, I'm not sure how I feel travelling traveling to Chelsea away. Yeah, I think that was the thing, wasn't it? That we didn't want to go into this weekend needing anything. Because whilst Chelsea have had an absolutely horrific season, um, you still didn't really want to go there. They've had a horrific season, but they've whatever. not been... Awful the past few games either. They finally won a game and then they lost 1-0 to City. <laughs> and even if it is their B team, I think that's still pretty impressive losing 1-0 to City. So I thought away at Chelsea and they may be trying to fill, fill, finish a terrible season on a high. I, I thought that could have spelt a lot of worry and I thought we could have been, you know, back to that, back into that that nearly men category, but I just think that mentality is not something anyhow, by and large, let's affect his players. No, no, I, 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 I would agree with that from the, every time we've had a bit of a setback and you look at when we last ran into each other completely randomly, and I'm not talking about Southampton, I'm talking about the day before the cup final. Oh, yes. Obviously gutting that we didn't win that. Good in that we didn't win that, and like obviously around that time was what would you rather now? Because the, the the it did shift from top eight in a cup run, top ten in a cup run to would you rather have top four or would you rather win the cup? And the vast majority said you'd rather win the cup. So to lose it was a huge huge setback, but the way we come back from that in the league was was tremendous. It was phenomenal. We just didn't let it, let it rattle us at all. What I find quite interesting about that, and I would find it very interesting if, per chance, it does just happen, if Man United drop for the past two games. Because I do feel, I feel there's always been a bit of a rivalry there. I feel you're talking about the capital of the North East and the capital of the North West. Uh, who's the biggest city in the North? Then on top of that, you have um, the Keegan... Era Keegan imploding, crying, and Man United stealing the trophy. You have an FA Cup final. You have Shearer leaving or rejecting them to sign for us, and that's something a lot of Man United fans don't understand. And that I think is at the heart of two inherent different types of support for a club and the reasons why you choose to support a club. So I feel like there is a rivalry there, and I would hate to see Man United pip us to the post at the last minute, but I would find it hilarious if they dropped it for the last two games. And then you had this whole... Where, because if, if you'd put it the other way, I think Man United would have wanted it the other way. I think Man United would have happily... Man, most Man United fans would have happily lost the cup to us as long as they guaranteed top four. And I think it would... I would love it. I would love it if they didn't get top four in the end. 
because I think that would be a failure of a season for them. If it was like Brighton doing the ones chasing, then I think I'd be a bit more supportive of that. But because it's Liverpool, who I just don't, I, I, I hate them just as much as I hate Man United. So really, did, did, did yeah, yeah, always have done, always have done. Um, did you feel sort of a bit worried when Liverpool were mounting this charge? Yes, yeah, I felt I felt a bit worried then as well when Liverpool started to come to form. Um, but looking at the points, I still I still felt like Eddie would keep the team together, and Liverpool still had a world of work to do. Um, and that seems to yeah, that definitely is the case. Um, it's it's just next season. All eyes are on next season for me. Uh, that Champions League theme blaring through my telly. Newcastle coming out. The signings are going to make with the guarantee of Champions League football and what we're going to attempt to do. Where do you reckon, what do you reckon, what are your expectations and what are your demands for next season? Well, what's the minimum you, you consider acceptable? Like what would, and what, what would you actually expect? Because what I did say, sorry? In terms of the league? In terms of both, like the league and the cup run, because what I did say when I joined your live stream last time was I said, I think it's going to be third and a good cup run, but I said I'd be happy with ninth, tenth and a good cup run. Yeah, at the start of the season, I said top eight and a bit of a cup run. Um, Next season, like I I, I was very much, and I've, I've, I've had this attitude all season because my expectations were still set low because of what's happened the previous, you know, 16 odd years. Yeah. So this is what I mean. This I, is why I, I think I genuinely I'm still an eternal optimist, and I think most stories have been battered by the Ashley era and battered by how people define them and their hopes. So they went, Oh, if we finish twelfth, I'll be happy. You know, if we get to the quarterfinals of a cup, I'll be happy. And I was just like, to be honest, I would have probably been happy with the top ten finish and the cups, but I, I do think we're gonna finish third. I think this Eddie Howe man is as well as a tactical mastermind. It's just a humanist. He's just absolutely knows how to get the best out of any individual, or any group of human beings in front of him. Uh, and I think you could see that from his, his little slideshows that he was doing, where he was getting players to talk about a hard time in his life in the sense of togetherness. He's brought in the group and just in the amount of... You saw that last season, the amount of... Joe Linton was the first, obviously. Then, then you've got Almiron, now you've got Jacob Murphy. But what he managed to bring out of players that had previously, the fans previously thought would never, ever, ever, ever play for this club again, or they'd hoped they'd never play for this club again. You just saw what he's brought out of them, even last season, never mind this. So I just knew it was going to be a very, very good season. And I hope genuinely we, the fans, can take home something from that, I hope we can sort of learn that maybe sometimes we're quick to judge and our energy going to positively supporting the players when we're in St. James's and when we're away. And negatively, you know, booing the opposition, I think that can make a hell of a difference. And we have turned St. James's Park into a fortress. And that was another one of my arguments for what I thought our home record would be almost undefeated, which it was. Uh, I felt that energy and I thought mm. that was going to be there this season, which it was. But I hope we, the fans, can learn that, you know, sometimes we're making some quick judgments on, say, Anthony Gordon. And I get it. He's, we've spent a lot of money on him and he doesn't seem fully 
developed yet for that price tag. But he is still an under-21, which is what we forget about. And he's going to, when he... I think Eddie Howe said in the press conference after Brighton, he said, you know, he's not quite shown his full capability yet. But I hope, I'm hope i looking forward to having a pre-season with him because I think that can be a game-changer. And I fully back Eddie to bring the best out in Anthony Gordon. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, to answer your earlier question, I would say I'm very much of the attitude of just enjoy the ride. And that would go for next season as well because I think I'm not expecting top four in the league next season. I would say top seven if you can consolidate your your position in Europe and then you've got Champions League, you've got the two cups as well which you can have a good go at, maybe more so the FA Cup than the Carabao Cup next season Um, but expectations are still, I wouldn't say non-existent but just enjoy the ride, like you can go to these places now and not worry about having like getting a 4-0 tonking it's just and there's been so many were you there moments. You say go to these places like like we've been at Milan or or Madrid in recent years. For me, as somebody who went uh, the five one against Palace away, like we can now no longer go to Palace <laughs> and not get tonked by four goals. Never mind what we're what we're doing in Europe. Um, I, I think you're right. I think for me, we're probably going to finish somewhere between sixth and ninth um, if. If we're going to finish sixth to ninth, if if we don't do well in any of that, yeah, if we don't, no, finish sixth to ninth and we'll do well in a cup. It could be any cup. It might not be the Champions League, but we'll do well in a cup. So playing devil's advocate, would you be? Would would you be disappointed if we didn't get Europe again next season? No, I'm, I'm sort of at this point already expecting it, do you know what I mean? But I think if we don't do well in any of the Cups, if we don't even like give the Champions League a proper go, I think we could finish first or second. More likely second. But I think, I genuinely think Eddie Howe is a man who's all about marginal improvements. I think that's his whole ethos, that's his whole philosophy. If it's not marginally better than where he was last season, he sees that as a failure. So unless he does very well in either the Champions League or the FA Cup or he wins the Carabao Cup, then if we finish under third or fourth now next season, he will perceive that as a failure. He won't be happy with himself. And I think he'll put forward all his resources at his disposal to making sure that we finish either in those positions or we do very, very well in one of those Cups, which in turn will naturally... I think pushes down the table a little bit, but we are again going to have a more. We're going to have more games Tuesday, Wednesday, but we're going to have. If we thought last year's squad was an improvement on the years before, this year, with a lot of the ways we can get round financial fair play, the seller sponsorship deal, the Champions League money, that, that's legit, talking. isn't it? Sorry, that's legit, isn't it? I mean, this new sponsor, I don't even think has a proper website yet, but yeah, that's totally, totally fine. I what think. the one owned by. The same people who own us. Who's to say? It's not for not for us to say. Let's not it's get bogged down in who owns who. 
They, they own everything, the PIF. Do you know what I mean? If we got a sponsorship deal off Netflix or Disney Plus or Facebook or Twitter, strictly speaking, that is ownership by the PIF. They own the world. You can't judge that. Right? I'm sure it's fine, though, because, I mean, haven't cities has got something to do with Etihad or whatever? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. They, they, well, they own Abu Dhabi, and Abu Dhabi's airline is Etihad Airways. So, yeah, absolutely. If they can sponsor yeah. their shit with Etihad, we can sponsor our shit with this seller, which apparently doesn't have a website nor, nor, nor any sort of uh, tax page but, yet. But I don't hear any, any sort of whinging from, from the powers that be because they did nothing for to protect us from when Ashley went full sports direct on St. James's Park. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Or when he was doing dodgy deals with all of his mates, whether that was putting them in our management and our backroom staff or putting them on the front of our shirt or getting us a kid sponsorship deal till 2025, 2026, which we can't get out of. They did nothing to stop that, so therefore they have to really allow this. But yeah, I think we're going to finish top two with no trophies or no impressive cup runs. Or, yeah, anywhere between first and ninth, but with a really, and I'm talking really inspiring cup run. You know, I'm talking, not the final, if we go to the Carabao Cup, we're taking it home. If we go to the FA Cup, maybe the final again. And if we go to the Champions League, I'm talking a quarter or a semi here. What? Don't, don't do this again, mate. You've already done this once. You've no, already done this. I'm going to double down. I'm doubling down. I, 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 quarterfinal, semifinal of the Champions League next season. What is that blue stuff you're drinking? <laughs> blue WKD in the morning. No, it's like a pre-workout shake. Um, I'll be heading to the gym. Oh, you've changed. After this. I've always you've headed changed. to the gym. I've always headed to the gym, but this pre-workout is probably what's addled my brain or at least given me the confidence to bench a lot more than I do and give these wild, wild predictions. This is probably C4 workout. This is what's helping me have visions. This is my magic potion. This is uh, my, my, this is to me what horse come is to Erling Haaland. Uh, <laughs> what has me operate on my top level. <laughs> but... I, 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 you thought I was mental when I said Champions League this season, and you would have said anyone was mental if they said Champions League last season for this season, would you not? And now, what you, did and Eddie now Howe down just going... say? What did Eddie Howe just say in the press conference after Leicester? I know, I know. He said, We're not yeah, just I, there I, to take part, he said, We want to make a dent in this competition and be taken seriously. And I think when Eddie Howe makes those declarations, he's not coming to play. He's coming to seriously make us known. No, I think he'll no, do that. He's gonna, he's gonna, gonna stick Dan Byrne on Lionel Messi. That's what <laughs> he's gonna do. And Dan Byrne will do the business, mate. You're damn right, he will. He'll, he'll, I mean, he'll be all over Lionel Messi. Can you imagine? I can't, we'll, we'll come back to that a little later. I just want to touch on the uh, the show uh, because you were there against Leicester um, last week, last time out. Um, what did you make of the halftime showdown? Jamie versus Murdad. Uh, well, firstly, poor, poor Yassir uh, pulled his ACL and then been dragged like a circus sack to uh, play play football when he's injured. 
that was uh, you know a bit harsh yeah, on him, I thought, but uh, good on him for taking part. Great sport, and as well, I thought some very kind words that he gave to the the audience. Jamie versus Murdad was was uh, it was interesting, and um, Jamie was entirely right. Murdad can't really kick a ball, uh, and Jamie was quite easily the winner there. Really got uh, all of the skill out of the owners, I would say. Yeah, I mean, Mike Ashley versus Lee Charnley on that would have been uh, an interesting one. But that would have been, yeah, I think that would have been reflective of the people running our club because after each one that didn't go in, Lee Charnley or Mike Ashley, whoever didn't score would have to, like, neck a pint. And I think that would just... A few probably were on board with that. I would have been on board with watching it, but also when you sort of get down to it and you think about your owners, you know, you want perhaps someone with a bit more of a sober head doing all the books and, and, and not signing us to six-year deals to Castore so all of the fans get sent Rangers and Villa shirts instead of their actual Newcastle United shirts that they order. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wearing a lovely Castor. Um, and it and it was delivered on time, and the quality is actually quite good. Just balance. I know we're not on the BBC now, but you have been recently because your agent's working fucking overtime. But um, <laughs> speaking of um, speaking of uh, of sober heads, um, Dan Ashworth has obviously got a huge, huge, huge summer of recruitment for Newcastle now. Who's top of your shopping list? What positions do you want to see improved? How many do you think we need through the door? And and also who should be um, sent on their way? Thank you and goodbye. Um, top of my priorities would be, I think I think I really want to see Diaby. I really want to see Diaby on the wing. I think he could just uh, massively, massively improve us. Him and Madison, we could just be... We are very incisive on the wings right now, but sometimes, as you saw against Leicester, I felt like we we don't really have... We just sort of pass it along the outskirts of the box. And even just to get to that position, I'm so used to seeing a Newcastle team that just pass around the back sometimes. So that's still impressive, but I just do think we need those players with that extra vision, that extra bit of pace. And those are the two players I'm looking at and I'm thinking, yes, immediately. Tierney... I do think as much as I love Dan Burnham, I want him to stay at the club forever. And I mean that. You can go on and do coaching roles and stuff like that. But he's just, I feel so important, as is Jacob Murphy. Not just for their on-field contributions. And they have made some amazing on-field contributions. And I think, you know, people particularly sometimes, some of the twitchy saying stuff, it's not right for me. It's not right at all. Dan Byrne has contributed enormously for someone who's just been shoved into a position they don't ordinarily play. Um, he's been, for me, one of the standout players this season in that regard. And his just personality, his understanding of the club and City and describing his own experience on match day as a kid, I think that will have filtered through and permeated the heads of, of the other players who aren't from the City and don't understand the club. And I think that would have made an enormous difference to them in understanding what it means to play for the club and how hard they have to play. Um, so, look, he has been amazing in that regard, but I do think I want to see him back at centre-back. So Tierney is, is pretty important. For me, I just think we need someone coming up that left. We also, I think we also need competition for Kieran. As much as he's been our skipper and our standout, I would like to see competition on the right-back side. It's fine giving him his little... 
Count Dooku style apprentice like um, in in Harris Nashby, but Harris Nashby I don't think will be match ready for some time yet. Maybe I'm jumping the gun there. Maybe maybe we'll be ready next season. That's all he needs a bit of a preseason with Eddie. But I still think he's young. He's very very young. So I'd yeah. like to see competition there. But for me, most importantly in terms of if you've got FPP, there's a FFP. Sorry, there's only three positions you can fill. I'd say left back, left wing, right wing. Maybe as well someone in the in the midfield. Uh, we've seen as we got towards the end of the season. Um, Joe Linton was injured for the last game, and it probably will be against Chelsea. Long staff, where we're going missing without him. That I think is uh, probably been screw Champions yeah. League. That I think has been the biggest surprise for anyone watching Newcastle United. And I think a lot of people perhaps didn't realise until when he was gone. Oh shit! This guy does. This, this guy does loads of things. He's amazing. Yeah. He's like a walking time traveller. His heat map is insane. He covers so much of that pitch. He's, again, somebody that I think has to stay. Uh, it's a necessity. People, I'm thinking, okay, maybe maybe, maybe you could go on. I always hate to say it. I'm, I'm a bit reluctant because I, I love all these players and I love anyone who's put on. Anyone who's put on the black and white shirt to me and giving it a proper go is uh, a hero to me. So I'm always a bit reluctant. And you're going to be really surprised if you remember our previous uh, live stream. I think one of the first names on that list. Don't say it. What do you think I'm going to say? Go on. What Go do on. you think I'm going to say? Do you take a guess? What, for players to leave? Yeah. No, don't say it because I know who you're going to say. And you're so. Who do wrong. you think I'm going to say? You're going to say some maximum. I've just felt. I mean, I'd be happy for him to stay as well. I love his personality. I love how large in life he is. Do you know what? I'm, I don't even mind Roblox, right? Seems, seems like whatever that game is, seems decent. But I've just felt particularly against Leicester and um, against, was it Arsenal? Yeah, but how long is he having for this? He's not having really enough time to make an impact, is he? It's not that I think he can make an impact, but I just think his ability so far to make an, in, an impact in the latter half of the season has sometimes been um, inconsistent. But that's not even why. It's just particularly against Leicester, I felt he came on and we went back. Suddenly when he came on, that was when Leicester seemed to dominate the game. And watching him from the losers' end, when it comes to putting pressure on players and putting a tackle in, for someone with his pace, it just didn't really seem like he, w- he was doing so. See, this is where I say people have short memories. Because it was still this season where he had Kyle Against Walker City. on toast. Yes. Yes, then no the, going the, forward. The game, the, the game after that. He scored that worldly late equaliser against Wolverhampton. Against Wolves, yes. Which was my goal of the season. Going forward is not the problem for me. It's when that, particularly against Leicester, I saw it firsthand. um, And I saw maybe what other fans have seen, where I've always been his biggest supporter. And you know that. And I'm on record saying that on here. Coming back against Leicester, I, I was quite surprised at how little effort he was putting into press players. Maybe that was part of the game plan, and if so, I, I take it back. I'm very apologetic. And I'm very sorry, but 
I, I just saw very little. He was just sort of standing there and almost like ushering other players to do more of the pressing than him. Possibly. I, I, whether he's fully fit yet or not, I don't know. Because the one thing with Maxi is, as soon as we think we're getting somewhere with him now, he'll pick up an injury and he'll be yep. out for a month or two. Mm-hmm. And we're back to square one. Yeah, take absolutely. Take some time to warm up and, and, and build up. But... Uh, wouldn't get rid of him by any stretch of the imagination. That's it. There's also way, certain players whose, whose bodies and joints and tissues might not be built for the level of uh, the level of um, the intensity. Yeah, we kept we, we kept Kieran Dyer till 2006. So you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right, all right. Um, but but you wouldn't. And he had a scrap <laughs> on the pitch. He didn't have a scrap. I feel very sorry for him in that. He got attacked. Well, that's yeah. always pitched as a scrap, but if you watch that, it's just Lee back Bowyer hitting him and him just panicking and trying to back off. Um, but all right, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not going to cry if he stays. I'm just saying for the first time in my life, in my life watching Alan Simaxman, I'm kind of open to the idea of him sort of maybe not fitting this system Eddie Howe is playing with. Um, who else we got? Isaac doesn't go, Wilson doesn't go, Amiron doesn't go. Um, but what you could say is those type of players, not Isak because he's world-class, but your, your Wilsons, your Almirons, uh, I'd, I'd stick Fabian Scher in there and, and Willock. Those players could now be on the bench going forward next season. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And if Diaby comes in then, and Madison comes in, then, then, then Almiron will be on the bench. And I think Wilson's better on the bench because of his age. I think when he comes on for the last 20 minutes when defenders are leggy, Oh, it's the last thing you want. Wilson at full fitness versus you at 30 40% fitness. That is terrifying. But when he comes on from the start, we just tend not to get the, the, the result. Um, I don't think him and Isaac particularly work well together. I, do, I think they do work well together. Sorry, that's wrong. But I don't think they work as well when Wilson starts compared to when Wilson comes on for the last 20 minutes. And I think it's just him, his, his age, you know what I mean? He comes on like... For those last twenty minutes, and he is clinical. No, not, not so much his age. Running. It's just you, you know, not so much his age. He's like one false step away from other injury. That that that's more. That as well, but I think that's his age. Do you know what I mean? Like, but he's clinical yeah. when he's he's on for those last twenty minutes, and it's because everybody else is sort of running about ten twenty percent less. So when he's coming on at full fitness and they're operating at, you know, 60% fitness, that is a terrifying, terrifying thought if you're a defender to see Callum Wilson warming up. And I think the statistics have, have proven that. Um, but when he started, his return's not... It's weird, his return's not as good in this latter half of the season when he started compared to when he's come on as a sub. Mm. And people have used yeah. that as an argument for him to start, but I think he's got more of a... And a really, I think he'll be a really important member of this team. Who knows? Could come on like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in the Champions League final score for Newcastle to, to win us the trophy. Now, obviously, that might be a pipe dream. But I think in terms of that role, that's exactly where Callum Wilson wants to be. Uh, or at least I think that's where I want him to be. She's coming on last 20, 30 minutes and just causing chaos for defences. That's where I think he's best suited. So, yes, he'll be on the bench. Um, Bruno, Joel, Longstaff, they all start for me. They all stay. What? So if we sign Madison, you still have Joe Linton, Bruno, and Longstaff as midfield three. 
Maybe take some time to bed Madison in. Maybe you could I, uh, have Joel win. Joel, Joel, Madison and Longstaff and then push Bruno up. Hmm. But for my yeah. money, every single one of those players starts. It's an interesting one because, personally speaking, and I've said, uh, said this January as well. I can I can take or leave Madison. I'm not fussed that if we yeah. sign him or not. I think there's I think there's better out there, or or maybe just, um, sign a more defensive minded midfielder so we can put Bruno up as you said. Um, I, I would agree with that 100. percent And I, I do have this idea. I'm loath to ever question. If if he is the if I'm a wizard, he is the king. I am loath to question our king anyhow. But I do get the impression that he sometimes he if there's one aspect of his life where he's perhaps too emotionally guided by, I think it's sometimes if 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 the papers are to be believed, because I don't know if these are actually who he wants or if it's been picked out of the papers, but I think he tends to scout. As a scout, he tends to scout players that remind him of him. And they're firstly, they're always Well, British. that's not good. <laughs> he had a, a very long and celebrated career at Bournemouth. No, you're not, you're not wrong. But they're, they're not like him in that regard, in terms of the level they're playing. But they're British players that maybe remind him of him, look a, bit, a little bit like him, I don't know, maybe play a little bit like him, that he feels he can get the best out of on a human level. And I think sometimes that's where Dan Ashworth is needed to go. But actually, have you have you seen this person in this league? You're not watching a million miles away. That is phenomenally talented. You can get the best out of anyone, Eddie. But let's bring him over instead of a Madison or even a Tierney for if you're looking at left backs. Mm-hmm. But I, I think agree. having seen um, pull a quick go on. Just having seen every list that's come out in the paper that Eddie's desperate to get, I'm like. Eddie's the players Eddie's looking at compared to who the actual scouts are looking at. I definitely take the scouts list all day. I I agree, I I really do, and it's something we um, we've discussed like in our in our chats um, previously, and the NFTV lads as well. A um, couple of quick fire ones for you before we talk about your day job because you've got a very important game coming up soon. Um, three player season. Oh, that's that's not a quick one. That there's so many potential well, candidates. Try and make it quick. Joe Linton, Bruno, um, Almiron to some degree, but no, I think we can rule him out. Wilson again, we can rule him out. Isaac again, yeah, we can rule him out. The main contributions, but I don't think they're there for the whole season. Um, my favourite player. Has been Jacob Murphy. I think he's he's kept the the glue, to, he's glued the dressing room together, in ways that we've not seen, uh, in ways that can only be described through personality, through making the team understand the city, what uh, the moments of the past mean to the city, and how it helped them recreate that. And if you speak to any player, they they will show that, and they will tell you that. Uh, I think it has to be for me. I'm going to make it super quick. Oh, I'm still torn between Kieran and Bruno. Um, I'm going to say Bruno. I don't think Bruno's been... There's some games where Kieran's just... All of his set pieces haven't quite fully been there. 
So I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say Bruno, and that wasn't the answer I thought I would give at the start of the season, or even when you asked the question. But I am going to say just for consistency and just for sheer skill, I, I have to say Bruno. Yeah, we haven't won a game when he's been missing. Uh, match of the season. Match of the season. I'm going to say 6-1 against Spurs. Could have been the 2-0 against Man United. Could have been even like 4-5-1 against Fulham and Brentford. Sorry? The Man United game could have been 6 Yes, it could have been, but the Tottenham, the, crucially, the Tottenham game was six. So that was like a record we broke. Well, yeah, we were five nil up after like four seconds. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it was fairly impressive. That was, I feel like, the peak of Eddie's playing style of his of his coaching style. Just pepper their goal, press them high, cause them to panic, and literally have a breakdown. And that we did that in full flow in about 20 minutes. And I feel like that's how, if we got the look of the draw, that's how every game looks. We're pepping their goal and we've hit the post three times against Norwich. We've uh, hit the post twice against Arsenal. There are so many games where it could have ended up like that. And that was the game where I felt like Eddie's tactics were on full display there. Mm. Well, I think it was the game where most behalf... fans went, Champions League, yes, this is actually a possibility. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I can't disagree with that. But on behalf of myself and my broadly challenged co-presenter, who's just <laughs> given up on his internet connection, um, we, we humbly apologise for fucking you at the start of the season for suggesting we'd finish third or fourth. Um, you've got your predictions in for next season. You're doubling down. I love it. Um, finally, you watch us bring home the Champions League semi-final. And then come back and make a second apology. Every season, it's just going to be you guys apologising to me. I'd love that, because that means <laughs> we're going to be enjoying some pretty special days. Indeed. <laughs> but um, all the li- I'll preempt this next bit by saying all the links are in the description. You're on tour. You're going on tour, a mini tour. I mean, the, the, the nerve to call it a tour. Um, it's a mini tour. But... More importantly, you got some very big dates in uh, in Newcastle. Yes, so uh, we're doing a charity night on the 18th of June in association with little Wilfie, who is Bruno's magic hat. Uh, we've already sold nearly half, I think about well, a quarter of the tickets, but he's taken another quarter to sell uh, by a hand, which he reckons is going to sell out. So that's pretty much half the tickets gone. Um, so get tickets to that. You'll be helping raise money for the NUFC Foundation the Alan Shearer Foundation and Newcastle Food Bank. Um, it's all going to a good cause. And we have a sterling lineup. I'm the MC. We've got Anth Young, that Eddie Howe hater who probably thought would get relegated this well, season. Well, we nearly got through the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> we nearly got through. Not a chance am I going to let that slide. How come he didn't get mocked? You know, when there's he a clicker a cut now. I don't rate Yep. Yeah. What? There's a Twitter account now called I Don't Rate Eddie Howe, and it's just it actually Amp's clip on there. <laughs> yes. I hope that one day gets as many followers as uh, Jason Tyndall loves to be the centre of attention. Um, and he's, he's, he's <laughs> someone that is uh, 
been an unsung hero for us this season. I think he's been absolutely amazing. I mean, he's been a bit of a hero, but I think he still deserves a little bit more. But I think it's very odd. People don't really see a twosome, a tag team of managers. That's something that's very, very rare. He's barely, I wouldn't even call him an assistant coach. He is he is the other half of Eddie Howe. But yes, we have that um, with Ant Young and Lane Robertson. Uh, we have uh, Gavin Webster opening, who's an absolute legend. You saw him at the, the Time Theatre, one of the best yeah. comics to come out of the North East. And we also have Britain's Got Talent winner, Lost Voice Guy closing. I am doing my solo show, the full English, uh, all about uh, what it means to be British in this day and age, with a little bit of political satire on the 24th of July at the stand, we're getting it recorded. I'm also doing a show with the author of The Northumbrians uh, and the co-host of my podcast, Time Travel, uh, Dan Jackson and Mike Milligan. It's called What It Means to Be a Northumbrian, where we're going to talk about the history of Newcastle, the history of the Northeast region, how we sort of came out with a lot of the uh, cultural traits we do, hard work in, big drinkers where the military and the, the coal trade and history came from and that's gonna be on the 18th of september and if you've not read the northumbrians i highly recommend you do it's a phenomenal insight into why we are the way we are as both geordies and northeasterners and that's going to be a really fun show and i highly recommend you come 18th of september at the stand comedy club newcastle beautifully put uh, all the links as i say are in the description so get on down to one of raul's shows even if you're not doing it you're not doing any shows near me kind of on purpose so you don't have to uh, give me two tickets gratis <laughs> uh, I mean, and, and the day have, you accept uh, my predictions on the day you'll get free tickets very true yeah, do you know what when you up. stop laughing at what my very reasonable predictions are, I'll give you some a couple of comps. When you stop pissing up car showroom uh, windows, allegedly. This is a lie. Oh. This is defamation. Don't make me sue NFTV. You saw me in a back alley. I was not pissing anywhere. I in a toilet like a normal functioning member of society. Dare you make such accusations yeah. at the end of this podcast. From what? From what you remember, anyway. Um, Sometimes stuff. visionaries kiss up walls. It happens. It was the cutscenes of Lord <laughs> of the Rings, which is Gandalf just pissing up car, car showroom windows. They never, they never showed that bit. It's just something that happens behind the scenes. Yeah, they cut that out. It was, just, it was supposed to be just before the "You shall not pass" bit. Same uh, in Harry Potter. Yes. Dumbledore's just pissing all over the walls of Hogwarts, marking his territory, keeping exactly him in the way. Letting second-hand... What a weird bias. way to end the podcast. <laughs> you brought it up and I had to defend my legacy. Very true. But yeah, links are all in the description, as is the link for the audio podcast, which is out every Tuesday. If you are listening on iTunes, please hit the five-star review. My thanks to Raul Coley, as always. Get to one of his shows in the summer and autumn. And, of course, stay... Newcastle Fans TV.